0: Trying a second time today in the morning, contemplating about my first trip to cross the island in the Mediterranean Sea that belongs to France, the birthplace of Bonaparte, Napoleon Bonaparte. I woke up this morning, it was raining, I remembered all my laundry out there and I got really annoyed, I hate this kind of days that start with pushing one out of the flow, when it starts with some dysfunctional experience, at least that's what I call it. We're all seeking for perfection and niceties. Everything is supposed to fall in place and move in the right path and pace. I didn't in this morning because all the laundry was hanging everywhere, everywhere outside. And I panicked. Oh no. Everything's going to get wet. I don't have any space to hang it. I'm so shitty. All the others are shitty. Nobody's thinking about it. So I'm continuing to blame myself and blame the others. And... Just all of a sudden, I realized, what the fuck am I doing? What is this? What is this strange pattern that seems to come back? Take a deep breath. Yes. And remember that shit happens. Also, there are bigger things in life that cause more problems than what I experience here. Early in the morning, thoughts are just flying, coming and passing, like very fast cars on a highway. And for some strange reason, the mixture of blue hour, rain, uh, and kind of journey of thoughts brought up memories of my first trip to the island, La Corre with my then boyfriend in 1988 we hitchhiked from Berlin to Italy to Livorno and took a ferry to Corsica we hiked the Gervant which is ...considered to be one of the most demanding and difficult hiking routes in Europe. We walked it for ten days. I think we didn't completely finish it. There was like one or two days left and I think we got bored. The first part... Elvisanova is beautiful, for sure somehow demanding, but I never felt it that way. I just remember that beautiful, beautiful views and rivers and little lakes. I used to sleep next to the mountain cabins. It was very cheap to sleep in a tent outside. When we ran out of food, we still climbed down from the mountain to the next village and filled us up with bread, baguette, cheese and tomatoes. had some wine and then walked back to to our route and continued the Alpine route through the mountains it was summer I think it was August it was very warm Not so many people were then walking around. I heard today it's pretty packed because it's so popular. Not so many people were traveling in the 80s. Especially not these hiking tours. We had a great experience with locals who invited us to a big party, La Fête, shepherds from the mountains. remember sitting there by the fire with one of the guys, this really coarse guy, big nose. He adopted us after several bottles of pasties and wine and meat from the barbecue. It was a great time. When life was so innocent, I had no idea about the future or anything, nothing mattered. after that hike we we camped on a bunker outside on the top of a bunker at the beach and I was trying to remember where exactly that bunker was and that's how I I found Information about the Maginot Line, the line of bunkers protecting in the Second World War. I figured out that the bunker that we stayed on is close to Saint Florent on the north part of the island. Of course it's still there. I remember that nobody bothered. I was scared. And anxious to not follow the rules. That's probably why I needed those boyfriends who were different. Because he didn't care. He also went in the evenings in some gardens from neighbor houses and always organized, as we said. He brought some tomatoes and grapes. More or less, he stole them from the gardens of the people around the bunker. I went in the morning to the next village, which was Saint-Florent, bought croissants, baguettes, everything that we didn't get from the gardens of the people. The last night on the bunker, though, it was raining, the same rain like today kind of drizzling, not too much, making you wet after an hour. That's why we slept inside the bunker. First time in my life. I think also the last time. I never did it again. It was spooky, though, being in this darkness and also very, very silent, with these thick concrete walls and just this little small window and door half open. The moon was shining, so it was not really dark. These were the first experiences in my life where I was challenged. Wild camping, doing something that was not allowed. Nobody complained. Sleeping on a very hard concrete floor on a thin mat for two weeks. mind. It was okay. No soft mattress, just a sleeping bag. Taking a bath in the sea every day. No other water, just the salty water. I remember my hair was had a very strange consistence. Was almost sticky. We had water and food and books, books of uh, Hermann Hesse. I just remember that I hated reading him. Reading him. I really disliked him. But there was nothing else. He was the favorite author of my boyfriend. So there was only Hermann Hesse all the time. And Yidu Krishnamurti, I remember. He influenced me there with his spiritual, spiritual essays. That vacation was four weeks on course. Hiking and camping. I remember it was beautiful and I tried to repeat that trip with another friend a couple of years later and it didn't work. She was She was pretty uncool. The hiking trip already was a bit stressy. She was scared. Walking, she was considering or trying to see it as a fitness training, which I thought it was odd. Walking through the mountains as a fitness training. I think she, she didn't have much left for nature experience. After two or three days, we had to stop. She had pain in her legs and feet, and she was just not motivated to do that tour. Well, that was the second attempt, and the only one. haven't been there since ever. Now my son is going and I, I almost feel, feels like a kind of a jealousy. I feel jealous on every person who's spending much time with him. The jealousy then turns into sadness, being aware that I'm not part of their lives anymore. There's this tragic feeling. Almost like despair. I can't change it. This is how it is. Things are coming and going. Everything is passing and ending. everything that was there is gone at a certain moment. I'm still grieving about certain things in my life. They are they have not passed yet. This wish of Having it forever. I'm not numbing myself. I'm trying to forget things. And experiences. And the memories, they're still there. Maybe that's why I have so often... Experience that I forget. Somebody is reminding me, and I just forget. So, maybe this is my life—self-protection, losing it because it's too painful—the trauma of my life—to realize that everything is passing everyone that I ever loved one day will be gone. I'm not trying to win it back. Well, my last one. The last man, the latest man I loved is gone too. Actually, I ended it, and I sent him away. Sometimes I feel guilty about it. Sometimes I feel that I gave up. Though From my rationality, I know it was the right thing to do, I doubt it, still doubt it, sometimes every day, sometimes just once in a while. I'm still grieving there and it will stick with me for a while. I realize that there are still hopes. There is still the hope that my one day it might come back. And I remember that I had these hopes with everyone. With everyone in my life that came and went. There was always that hope. Maybe that hope of immortality. I read the other day that marriage... is a concept that subconsciously signals us the understanding of the wish of being immortal. So when we when we marry we somehow subconsciously and unconsciously, hope for the immortality because it's still death is parting and there is the love so we somehow consider that might be that that death will never come because I am with the other one and we will be there together forever I thought it was a very bold Concept. And why not? I mean, I've been married once. I was pretty, pretty modern with it by that time. That I thought, well, it goes go as long as it goes. I didn't really take it too serious. Just it, the concept of the marriage. The whole idea behind it, and it ended also after four years because I met someone else. I was always looking for development and for moving on and for easy going. I fell in love and the hormones kicked in and it was more like a drug addiction. I was pretty immature, and I was still some years ago. The best thing that I can, could always do was then, when having problems, just running away or pushing it away. It was fight or flight. Of course, that is not really helpful when one wants to consolidate a relationship. I never learned how to do that. I never learned to stick to people in a sense of not feeling overwhelmed, not losing myself. I think the most the most difficult part in my life was always to be with someone and not losing myself in that relationship. As I never learned to take care of myself properly, I melt into a symbiotic connection with another person and, and long-term that is not really helpful. Therefore, now I feel so comfortable of being alone with a distant connection to my former partner. I still don't know how to call him, so I say soulmate. I know it's a soulmate. It's what is a soulmate by definition? After 28 years, we are really good friends. We are more than friends, we are not partners, we are not husband and wife, therefore soulmates is fine, there's a missing link there. A short discourse about my first trip to course the island, the hiking tour over the mountains, which I really recommend. It is said to have been the most demanding and difficult path existing in Europe. I never felt like it. I never felt that this was difficult. And I had no experience at all. Just probably enough naivety and courage. And I just did it. And the last thing was about contemplating... What longing, ending of love relationships mean. The sky is gray and in the background I hear the sounds of the construction site around the corner. We are digging the holes for the foundation. It's a construction site that I'm taking care of as a safety and health coordinator, which I'm not really. Still, I do the job. That's the story for another story. And I hear them. And I remember those guys, this younger, strong, handsome man, digging holes and filling in concrete. It's like a giant playground. It's like, that's what I want to become, they were saying to their mothers and fathers driving a truck or one of these big machines. They seem always pretty and happy and enjoying themselves when I am around. I nearly envy them, envy the people with this daily structure and embedded in a society where just learned to take their positions and being okay with what is around them, with friends and distraction and food and family. Just some kind of normality. Never thought I would say that. I just wished for some continuous normality I'm so tired so tired of this craziness that surrounds me and I don't know how to do normal I feel normal and I'm not when I compare myself to others I know one should not compare herself with others, though this is what we tend to do as human beings. Maybe else we couldn't feel ourselves just being isolated with no other people. I think com- comparison is natural. It becomes toxic when when I use that comparison to turn myself down, to make myself small, or to hurt myself or others. Yeah, that is a short story made long. That's enough for the morning contemplation today. I'm going to have another nap because it's still early start the first day of the ending Indian summer gray days starting to move towards the fall and the winter nice.